0: I'm very disappointed in you mock
1: me. Clean up a mess. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Radio. I'm one of the hosts, uh, Chris Hatfield. And oh wait, where's Hatfield? And here is
0: John Wright. Johnny Apple.
1: I just love doing it. It's just awesome. So we oh. are now doing social distancing over the phone line. Yeah, it's just not the same. We didn't see the movie together. We didn't have the popcorn together.
0: Yeah. Well, I, you know, if we really wanted to, we could do one of the like a video streaming type thing between us. But uh, I don't know. I don't have to.
1: Then I'd have to put pants on. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, that'd just be awkward. Okay. Yeah. We. Yeah, we'll just do it the way we're doing it. It's <laughs> less. Less awkward. Yeah. Good times. So, what was our show we were doing? We were doing a midnight meat train. That's right. Oh yeah. I mean, that has so many possibilities for so different genres. But yeah. Uh, I'm-
0: it's, it's not like it sounds. It isn't a dating app or anything like
1: that. <laughs> uh, you know what? It could be. I know. You know, like what's Tinder or Grindr or whatever, you know, the meat drain. Well, that's probably be more for, oh, yeah, no, that'd be good for Yeah. All. Y'all know exactly what that would be for. That's <laughs> yeah, like the orgy chat line or dating. <laughs>
0: Midnight meat drain. But yeah, so, Midnight Me Train.
1: Yes, actually, I remember when that came out, when we went to Fan Expo that one year. Um, didn't we all go and see it? Or uh, I, believe we, I, I think they actually had...
0: Midnight Me Train could have been one of the showings. I, I don't...
1: I, yeah, I can't remember. It's 2012 It came out. Oh, wait, yeah. No, no, sorry, I mean, that's the wrong one. What am I looking at? I think, isn't it? Um... No, it was 2008. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 2008. I was looking at the wrong thing. So, um, yeah, so we were in... uh, That was like our second year, third year in uh, Fan Expo?
0: Yeah, I think... Actually, now come to think of it, I think it might have been uh, one
1: of the room morgue screenings. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think you're right. That was... um, yeah, it was really good though because uh, uh, the story is by Clive Barker. And uh, remember when we uh, when we went up to see him, we were like the second day, like the third hundredth person. Uh, we went up separately. I didn't. Ha- I didn't realize he didn't have anything to autograph, so I had to grab one of your things. You got two autographs. I got nothing, but I got a photo with him. He is like the nicest guy ever.
0: Yeah, um, I was impressed that he could. Uh he he spent genuine time uh talking to each person and engaging directly with them it didn't seem like it was uh you know an assembly line of here let me sign this and take your money it it was it, it felt very genuine it felt like you were fully engaged with him and uh that he was talking to you and not just hitting you know a sound effects button uh for you to feel like you you talked to him, you
1: know, yeah, yeah, and I, and he kind of came to the front of the line, you walked with him, shook your hand, you know, back when you could shake hands, and then uh went up, had a little bit of a conversation, I mean, uh, but I mean, like we were the th- you know, third hundred people in line or whatever because the lineup was huge for three days in a row. Um, we were the second day, and he was still. Like, so nice. Like, he shook my hand, you know, like, how are you? And um, I said, I just got to say, I mean, like, you're, like, part of the family. I watched, you know, all your movies at home. So I kind of, like, goes, that's the nicest thing anybody said. And, you know, made me feel good. And he goes, oh, yeah, before you go, do you want a picture? And then uh took a picture with him at, uh, or I think you took the picture of, um, and then I took I've, one of you.
0: And I think a picture of you with him, yeah. Yeah,
1: so he's it, 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 it so nice. Any other person that was super nice which we have to do a movie review on that too is um, um Roddy Piper
0: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. He was yeah, a, he,
1: he was exactly the same as uh, Clive Barker like you just nobody else existed except you whether it was a, you know whether it was just his thing or what but he just sounded genuine and super nice like I with him also I went to get an autograph you know and I ended up getting the polaroid and he went to sign my movie. I go, no, 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 I didn't pay for that. He goes, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Just signed it. And I was like, yeah. They're... And then you came across some other ones that were just not that nice.
0: Yes, uh, definitely some of the people that are at the uh, fan expos and Comic-Cons and stuff like that, uh, they they seem to take the audience for granted. And it, it, you know, like that. that's where I, where I said it seemed assembly line. We've witnessed that where it's just move along, move along, move along and uh Pay your money, I, get
1: your autograph, move along.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't uh it doesn't like when you think about the amount of time that people put into trying to see these people that are um you know people that even though they've never had a personal interaction with, it's someone they look up to, it's somebody that they you know, feel has, has touched them in some way, either intellectually or emotionally. Um, and when someone just completely almost negate your existence, I, I don't know how you continue to be a fan of theirs.
1: You know, yeah, I mean, I had a bad, ex- it wasn't even really bad experience, but it just wasn't kind of that I was hoping for with somebody I met and, um, and after that, it's just hard to really get into their music or because they were an art, they were a singer. So it was just kind of a... You know hard. who else I remember being great was George Romero. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And was, I, I, I went to was, the um, Dark Carnival that was in Hamilton. Uh, you couldn't make it that time. It was just like a, a small venue in um, Cop Coliseum at the time, I think it was. Yeah. Or no, no, sorry. It was the uh, Hamilton place, and uh, I think Rube Morg put it on. And he was um, unlike the time we went on Fan Expo. Uh, he didn't personalize the the photo, right? But he ended up, um, you know, just wrote his name on it. His hand was really shaky at the time, and I think it was a few months after that when he passed, which is you know really <laughs> sorry to hear. It's two
0: years after we met him at the Fan Expo.
1: Yeah yeah um and he again he was just he was awesome and then it just so happened that one of the um, one of the people the production designers i worked with actually worked on his diary of the dead so um because he made a, a vault that um where the people would stay in like a panic room vault and okay. so i mentioned him he goes oh say hi to him for me and um so it was really kind of cool, like he was just so personable, and of course I got another picture, so I got the Dawn of the Dead and the um, Day of the Dead one, and then you got the Night of the Living Dead.
0: Yes, yeah. Uh, so right, that, and, and all of this is spectacular with the review of Midnight Eater.
1: Sorry, was that? Cool. <laughs> it kind of cut off a bit, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. you. <laughs> It's hard over the phone because it's just sometimes it cuts out a bit.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that as a roundabout way to get back to uh, (laughs) Clark Marker and the Midnight Mead Exactly. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which which now that we will get into that, it was from 2008. Yeah. uh, Well, actually, before we do that, we'll just say uh, we'll get to that right after this. The city, because no one's ever captured it—not the way it really is. That's my goal. That's my dream. Then you're failing. Next time you find yourself at the heart of the city, stay put. Keep shooting. I wasn't stalking her, but you did continue to photograph. No. These represent missing people for the last three years. The only way to make it stop. I followed them into the subway. He butchers them like cows. They never find the remains because he unloads the meat somewhere.
0: Just to go for the ride. I got a train to catch.
1: Um, so midnight meat train,
0: midnight meat train,
1: meat train, the train of meat. Actually, it'd be a good zombie flick too, but it wasn't a zombie flick, but I, I didn't realize actually it was, um, it felt long like watching it again. Well, I mean, it's an hour and 40 minutes, so it's not too long, but
0: um, it isn't a running... uh, Like, it isn't a fast-paced movie until about two-thirds of the way through.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I really feel like...
0: uh, I I feel like they did a good job of making you feel as almost confused and unsure as Bradley Cooper was in his role. Like... at the beginning of the movie, he sort of stumbles onto what he's doing and really doesn't have an idea of what <laughs> he's going after, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it starts off he's a photographer. He finally meets this um, this uh, actually, I believe it was Brooke Shields that was the um, the uh, like artist uh, curator of um, an art gallery yeah, yeah, and, yeah. What? what? Was Brooke Shields. And so her name was Susan Hoff in the in the show. And I, I really liked her character too. She was like right to the point, blunt. And basically the his friend said, you know, pretend you're single. Because he had a, a girlfriend, um, Maya, I believe, Leslie Bibb. And <laughs> which is kind of um uh, funny because I guess she was kind of uh after the young artists, but looked at his stuff and said, "You know, basically this is garbage. Um, go out and find the city," and that's where we run into her. His uh, example of like some girl was going to be raped on the staircase, and then uh, he points out the video surveillance camera, and and that was the last he's seen. So he goes with the police because she just dis- it was a supermodel that disappeared right and then that's what? where it kind of ramped up and then
0: yeah we should uh maybe do a quick overview of the of the movie or are we doing spoilers we're i think oh, we well, have...
1: i mean it's 2008 if you haven't seen it by now then uh yeah there's gonna yeah. be yeah good call spoilers lots of spoilers yeah. uh
0: like uh, I, if you're a person who reads much of uh Clive Barker stuff you realize that uh as much as he he's in horror sci-fi thriller um very often stuff that he writes goes from being um you know scary to being uh fantastical um and you don't always know what direction it's going to go in. You, like it's and it's it's not that you aren't engaged. It's just you're like what the hell what just happened? Yeah. Um you know, and and I actually I found that with this movie you know, um with the whole alien aspect of it uh which you don't find out until about probably about halfway through the movie. Um see,
1: I wasn't sure if it was actually aliens. Or if I, it was yeah, if actually, it, like if it was aliens, or was it actually just like uh ancients? Like, you know, they've been there like kind of a vampire style because he didn't seem very intelligent, so to speak. Right. Like this the people true. around that were helping and orchestrating it, like you don't really find the the major detail of kind of why they are there. It's just, they are, this is what it's done or else, but yeah, that's what I kind of, I kind of took from it. Like I didn't quite understand really where they came from, but it's just like, this had to be done. And, um, I mean, Vinnie Jones was awesome. Uh, he was the the main killer. And then basically, um, uh, Bradley Cooper Leon he ends up uh taking over the position not even realizing it but um I'm kind of jumping around here a bit like I usually do cuz you know I just can't stay focused but <laughs> but uh uh I mean the kill scenes were brutal and I mean Vinnie Jones come on he's uh you know lock stock to smoke and barrel snatch he always plays the tough guy um condemned he was the brutal Australian, um, killer on the island. Um, and the other thing about Vinnie Jones is, uh,
0: yeah. Well, you'll know this when you watch the movie, he doesn't have any words. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. He
1: Which kind he of throws you off. He doesn't, off. he doesn't say anything.
0: Exactly. But, but he does a great job of communicating without them. And, uh, I found that impressive. Like, I, I, you know, for me, that was somewhat early. Like, it was after Snatch. Snatch was, uh, 2000, I think. And, uh, that's probably where L- Lockstock was in late 90s. Uh, Snatch was in 2000. Um, and then he wasn't in a ton of stuff that I can remember after that. Uh, I guess X Men, he was in that
1: i think he was in um longest well, yard with um adam sandler the new one I f- okay i think he was in a uh, like he was in a few but he wasn't like a main character, just really the english movies and um and after this like um condemned again was with the wrestling new wrestling federation w w e okay um that was one of the wrestlers that was in this movie and he played the, the main bad guy opposing him um so it was that's another good one actually we'll have to watch but yeah i i know what you mean and then uh the photographer um bradley cooper leon he ends up following him through town and then sees him at a meat packing place and then just the look he looks over his shoulder like he's just so menacing um because he's a large man um he's just got that stern look and then starts chasing them. Uh, what got me, though, is when you see him in the uh, his hotel, he takes off his shirt and he's got all these kind of suction cup stuff all over his body. And he, like, cuts them off and puts them in jars. Yes. Like, that was just kind of creepy. I, and it doesn't really explain why or what those are. No, it
0: does not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what's kind of cool is as he goes on the train and he follows... All of a sudden, the train goes really fast and goes through a different track. And then he kills the people and then just kind of hangs them up like deer in one of the cars. And then uh, he has this fight with this, um, this big, huge dude and uh, almost loses. Then he like, breaks the guy's hand and then his leg or something. And he's like about to kill him. And then all of a sudden, the conductor comes back with a gun. You think, oh man, you know, Vinny's going to get shot and then he shoots the other guy. Uh,
0: yeah, that guy was uh Quentin Rampage Jackson. He's an MMA fighter. Oh, is
1: he? Oh, there he yeah. is. Yeah. Uh so yeah. he was uh Guardian Angel was his name in the movie. Uh yeah, he is a big guy, man. Um so that was kind of cool. Shoots him and then the, like the I I really like the conductor of the train. He's just he's the only one that talked. And then he um you know, I'm very disappointed in you. And then he just looks at him and, but you could tell he's getting tired and he doesn't want to do it anymore. And, uh, but he doesn't want to give up either. So, um, you know, kind of skipping a lot, but, uh, like the police, you know, his uh, girlfriend sees something wrong with him and then, you know, he wakes up and he's got like the scar on his chest that's carved out which is the same one that Vinnie Jones has when he takes off his shirt and takes his suction cups off. So you yeah. you, you start wondering, like, wait, what's going on here? And then um, as he keeps following them throughout the film, then you, you get, like, little pieces here, there. Then you end up finding the cops are involved. Um, it's like the whole city's involved, uh, the higher-ups. about.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some form of conspiracy that's going on to ensure that the, because uh, it's a grotesquely large number of people that he stumbles upon have gone missing and never been found uh, over a long period of time, uh, and you would think that that's a, to to go for such a long time, there's got to be a pretty remarkable level of uh, people involved, right?
1: Then his girlfriend breaks into Vinny Jones's place um, through habit stance and things that she sees. And then they find that uh, book of kind of a schedule, of train schedules, but dating way back to...
0: Yeah, like you nine, know, twelve or 19...
1: Was it that long?
0: No, it wouldn't have been. Probably around the 20s. It was pretty... Yeah, it was pretty old.
1: But... Huh. You, it just showed that he was around for a lot longer than he looks. And at the end, when they had the fight, um, the, um, Leon there has a fight with, uh, Vin Jones. I'm uh, Ma- what that's his name. Uh, mahogany. Yeah. And, and then, uh, they had the fight. So finally, Leon kills mahogany. wants to know what's going on, trying to save his girlfriend. It's been knocked out. And then, uh, Here comes the conductor again. Cool dude. Um, pretty much shows all these creatures eating the dead bodies, and then he rips out Leon's tongue, and then just watches the guy kill his girlfriend, and then he takes over. I guess just you got to do something. I I mean, you know, you lost, so might as well keep going. But. <laughs> but the conductor, he was uh, he was so awesome. The way he um, uh, Tony Curran, uh, he was the driver, and he was just uh, he did a really uh, I thought a really good job, um. And he just had that voice and that kind of demure, like you know he's in charge, but all he's doing is driving train. So it's, it, it, yeah, it was just, it was an odd movie, but. I mean, the lighting was done well. The um, it was believable. Uh, as a photographer, honestly, like even in that time period, like that camera, I don't think would have done the job. So that was kind of a kind of a yeah. I think he would have a more powerful lens if he's zooming in, but the lens he had on there didn't would not be that powerful to zoom in on these gang trying to raped this supermodel. And what the supermodel was doing alone on the subway, no idea.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a really great plan. But um But, but I mean it in 2008.
1: it's in two thousand and eight. It's kinda of like watching movies from the eighties, you know, there's just certain things that would not happen, but I I guess the way the writers do it to carry on the the, the show. Cause the director, I I'm gonna totally bastardize the name. But right Rahul Um The writers was Jeff Guller. He did the screenplay. Um, Clive Barker had the short story, Midnight Me Train. He directed Versus, which is a great movie. Oh, really? I haven't seen that one. Yeah,
0: it's... Um, what do I want to call it? Uh, oh, he
1: did Godzilla Final Wars, too.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a, a Japanese-based uh, what mystical uh, warrior type movie. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, it's really if you haven't seen it. I'd say see it. Um, and that that came out probably a decade before Midnight Meat Train or something like that.
1: Yeah, two thousand uh, it came out. Okay, so eight years. Uh,
0: Regardless. Um who I wanna there's a couple things I wanted to touch on. Oh, one thing. So the whole Clyde Barker thing, I uh I find it amazing, like, you know, Clyde Barker's been pretty prolific. He's written a lot of stuff, but I'm amazed at how many things he wrote were in the books of blood that got turned into movies. Oh
1: really? I haven't like, really read too many of his uh No, but like I saw the movies Um, and the
0: books are are almost they're not quite short stories, but they're not like the full size stuff that he that he writes with some consistency. But like he wrote Candyman. It was one. I did not know that. It's an adaptation of one of the books of blood. He also uh, he did that. He did. uh, Oh, the Cabal Nightbreed.
1: Nightbreed. I saw I actually just saw that recently.
0: Hellraiser was one of the books of blood like one of the short one of the stories in books of blood
1: Um, That ended up inspiring like eight movies too didn't it
0: yeah and so that I that was sort of something I wanted to touch on is that like the he he has these uh the books of blood which I think there's there's six um and each one has uh Few stories in it. I don't know. Probably between five and six stories in each book. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, and and uh, and and from that came a number of movies. Like I said, like uh, you know, wow. Candyman being one of them. Midnight Meat Train. Uh, you know the um, Hellraiser. You don't have to go through, I right? I'd have to actually pull this stuff up online to. I don't know if I'm gonna all of it off the top man but but really i like i I just wanted to touch on him as him as a writer he's done some pretty amazing stuff you get a chance to read some of his books too because they're fun
1: yeah he's uh yeah there it is candyman hellraiser hellraiser 3 nightbreed meat train
0: yeah Um, and i i think was actually called the cabal um like i think the book was called the cabal
1: I didn't realize he was also a film director, Uh, visual artist. I'm just kind of looking out. It's like a Wikipedia thing. He's born on October 5th, 1952. Um, Liverpool, United Kingdom. Uh, Like Hellraiser, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, Nightbreed. Uh, he's a, uh, yeah, he and a super, again, super nice guy. Just, uh, just incredible. I, I haven't seen him around or heard anything of him lately.
0: No, neither have I. But I
1: thought there was
0: going to, I don't know if there was going to be, um, or I heard there was going to be a remake of Hellraiser. I'm not sure. I mean,
1: he did, uh, he wrote a lot. Um, it has him here as, a, um. Thirty-eight credits for, for writing that seems to be movies, so I I didn't realize he did that too many like from seventy-three Salome, seventy-eight The Forbidden, eighty-five Underworld, oh uh, Rawhead Rex I didn't know he did that the screenplay for that, then uh, Hellraisers Tales from the Dark Side, going on up with a bunch of Hellraisers, um, Candyman, yeah. But again, i can't I can't just say how much of a nice guy he is. like I did not I was not expecting that you know meeting him. yeah, clearly,
0: at our age it, it affected us that
1: because uh, we 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 notably
0: um, started comparing other people to him. He sort of set the bar uh, as to what we were expecting. and then we were let down a number of times. we had some other people that were decent, but I think it was a really great introduction to uh, fandom for us.
1: Like the three, I can pretty much say three that were. I mean, the one was more a promotion, but again, he was genuine. And it's the first time we went to um, Fan Expo. First time I realized you you know got to pay for something, Um, like an autograph. Like I mean, it was a new concept, right? He just I never. It was I think the first one or second one that we went to. And so it's just a new concept. And then um, I ended up the first autograph I think I ever, ever got was um, the remake. Um, oh man, the name slips my mind, but um, it was a remake of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Leatherface. Um, uh, just trying to look it up now. Um.
0: I thought that the, the guy from The Hills Have Live. He was uh he was at one of the early ones that we were
1: at. So yeah, I, I got his autograph too on the original um uh movie casing. Um uh where is he? Okay um Okay. Andrew by oh, why do they always have these names I can never pronounce? Um Andrew <laughs> Byronowski, um, he also played in another movie called, um, I think it was Varsity. Uh, he was a football player that did steroids. I remember he's the first one I, I kind of got an autograph from and he gave, um, I picked out the picture I wanted and he wrote like, um, I think a happy face with X's for eyes. And then he gave me a, a newspaper clipping that was kind of from the movie, um, it, it, it was awesome and like he was promoting his band like he he was really friendly and oh my gosh the guy was like a fucking tank uh like his, his arms was the size of my waist um so in the movie like when he lifted this guy he must have been about 190 or 200 pounds over his shoulder it was like a sack sack of uh rice like potatoes he just like it was nothing and yeah i could see why so he was the first one I got introduced to. Um, uh, not as nice as Clive Barker, which was amazing. And then Roddy Piper. Those were the three that I haven't met anybody yet that compares to them.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. And George Romero.
1: Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I can't believe I forgot George Romero. Um, yes. And George Romero. Actually, I remember I did a business card and go, you're kind of the inspiration. And um, gave him a card, and I remember uh, I also said I uh, like, at the time I was watching that Dawn of the Dead, uh, Romero's version. Like, yeah. Every week, I don't know. There's just something about it that just got me go like watch your movie every every week. Uh, he goes, "You got to stop doing that." <laughs> like it was just, <laughs> it was awesome. Like just came out. Have a, have a light. Yeah. Yeah, but, he had a good. But then. Um, you know the one who did the uh, Tom Savini, who did the special effects. I I liked him like in the movies and everything, but when I met him, he was just not nice. Like it's like he didn't want to be there. It was it was kind of a kind of a letdown. I don't know what he's like now, but at the time, I know I was a little disappointed. Right. But um. But yeah, yeah. I really got to get one of those autographs off you. Yes. But, um, uh, I got them. I I still have them. in. It's a steel box set. So I just
0: kept everything inside the box. I got myself and you got the card
1: from inside. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't want to rest. Didn't want to mess up your set. No, I don't.
0: Um, yeah, no, we're good. But, uh, right. I, I find it odd that I'm bringing us back on track. So right. (laughs) Um, we've we've covered a whole lot of other topics what uh what's your overall like what what do you what do you think of it what like the, what's your rating of midnight Beat train as a movie
1: well out of 5 say 5 i'll say 5 um i probably be like uh probably like stab it like 4.38 times like uh, i really five- liked it but there's just some things weren't answered that I would have liked to have been answered. Yes, um, actually, probably more like a four point five three times uh, stabbing. Um, because uh, the other thing I didn't like too much about it was uh, kind of relied heavy on CGI with uh, a lot of the kills, which yeah, I, I found a little bit. Is that when After Effects first came out? Um, I'm not sure, but I know it was definitely... I mean, it's like watching the original or the um, 1996 or whatever, Godzilla. I mean, at the time, it looked awesome. His tail whipping against the buildings and the building falling. But you watch it now and it's like just so bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it was... Um, I mean, technology was a little better by this time, but um, it just... A lot of it was too fake. I don't know if they were going comedy. Like, I know from working in film that there's also rating issues. Like, for example, sometimes with blood, um, it's either got to be really, really dark so it doesn't look like blood, or it's got to be really toned down. Um, Right. You can't show much. Uh, But I guess with CGI, depending on the movie... um, how much it can get away with. So, yeah, maybe that's it didn't, why it had to look fake. But, um, I mean, like the eye popping out and. Um, it's awesome. I remember when we saw that in the theater. I was like, holy shit, that was spectacular. <laughs> yeah.
0: You see it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's terrible graphics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's a lot different too when it's at the time you're watching it and the people you're with and the moment there's so many factors involved
0: oh yeah like i i'll say that the experience i had when i saw it in the theater uh i was very you know in 2008 i watched that movie i got out of there and i was ecstatic i thought it was a great movie i thought they did a great job i thought it was really impressive that they had uh the main protagonist didn't have any words um and and yet he still carried a big chunk of the the pace of the, of the movie. Um, yeah, I, I I thought they did a lot of things good. The I agree with you about the story at the end of it. You know, I you would think that you would be able to know was it an alien? Was it just in uh, you know an entity f- that has been around forever? Like uh, it seems like there's more to investigate, but I think that not answered because it was just a short story and not a full on novel that got turned into a movie,
1: you know? Yeah. I also think in a way it actually helps it because you don't know. So you can answer it yourself. Like in a way that's kind of brilliant because you can make it feel like um, you can apply it to anything. Right. You know, Oh, maybe it could be ancient evil or maybe it could just be um, vampires evolved or you know maybe it could be aliens um, but it's just a whole conspiracy with uh, the police everybody involved and this guy just sort of stumbles upon it and then he becomes the next midnight meat well, trainer
0: yeah you have to something must have happened because I mean he was starting to have dreams where he was he was taking the place of Vinnie Jones in his dreams and stuff like that like there had to have been some sort of connection that it happened. But, you know, maybe it was because he, he, you know, when Vinnie Jones grabbed him on the street, I think it was pretty soon after that, that he started having those dreams where he was being, uh, seeing things through Vinnie Jones's eyes. But there was, I also found that in the movie, there were a bunch of situations where they were using reflections. They were using uh, mirrored reflections to show things as opposed. That's and true, yeah. Different points of view where you would see it through like when he knocked that one girl's head off and you were actually watching the end of that situation through her eyes on the decapitated head. Um, So I found they did that a few times and I I thought it was a little interesting and maybe that's a depiction that, that when they started doing the mirror of it, maybe that was trying to show you that he was seeing himself as that person i don't know yeah. uh, but ultimately yeah, i'll say in 2008 when i saw it i would have given the movie you know an eight maybe a nine out of ten yeah. to watch to watch it now um yeah maybe uh i'd say i'd give it a 6.5 or a seven yeah seven 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 point something uh i was entertained I I I didn't dislike it. I just at the end of it, I wish there was a little bit more story to it. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I, I actually liked the colors. It was kind of dark, um, grainy, bluish. Uh, it yes. Was, it, it it was just it was done very very well. I have to say. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That is Midnight Meat Train. I love the name too. Midnight Meat Train. Midnight Meat
0: Train. There are so many ways we could sell stuff with the oh title. My,
1: oh my gosh, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely not a vegan movie. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, right?
1: Ah! <laughs> but uh yeah, it uh, but I mean even that um we we never really touched on uh the one character that was um the guy that introduced him to um
0: Brooke Shields?
1: Yeah. And his uh girlfriend she he helped her with uh his girlfriend, I believe that was Roger Bart Jurgis. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um yeah, that was him. Uh and how he ended up um getting he ended up getting caught in Vinny's apartment. Um she got away, of course. But so, uh and then he, she found him on a train, and you know, strung up by the um, hook through the ankles, and just hanging there. And um, he was still alive. And, yeah. Uh, while him and uh, Leon there were fighting mahogany and Leon, uh, he just ended up getting slaughtered. Like. <laughs> yes, and it
0: it was an excruciatingly large amount of blood. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But it, it just, I mean, I couldn't even imagine putting myself in his place. Like, I mean, nothing you can do. You're hanging there in pain, and then uh, two people are fighting, bumping you. She tries to lift him off, and then falls. He falls back <laughs> on the hook, which reminded me of a chainsaw massacre. Yeah, Almost the same thing, except through the guys back. Um, and it just, you kind of lift up, and then you get the fall, and it's just, you just kind of cringe. You just have that feeling, uh, but then he yeah. gets slaughtered anyway. So, actually, pretty much everybody got slaughtered, and Buddy got his tongue ripped out. So it all—I uh, guess it all works out in the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he doesn't have anything bad. So ultimately, it was interesting to see an early Bradley Cooper. Oh, that was another thing I was going to say. The beginning shot with Bradley Cooper reminded me of Limitless too where it's a sort of a close-up on his face very bright uh but that was just something that popped into my head So
1: oh, i yeah, actually have not watched that one yet limitless yeah yeah watch that it's pretty good okay. um but
0: uh yeah that's my uh that's my take on uh midnight Metron.
1: yeah uh, me too so that's it <laughs> so we'll just have to decide what to do next and uh Thanks for being home to, uh, to answer this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no problem. Glad we got the kinks worked out of the Bluetooth interview por- portion and uh, we're able to put this together. That's great.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping.
0: All right, man. Well, uh, great to do another one with you, and uh, we'll talk
1: soon. Sounds good. See ya All right. Bye, everybody. See ya. See you.
0: Hi, you've reached John Wright. I'm not able to get to the phone right now. If you could please leave your name, number, time you called, and a detailed message, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. Have a great day.
1: Johnny Apples. Hi, it's Chris Hatfield from uh, Cinematic Radio. Um, just giving you a call to see if I want to do the interview, but I guess we'll uh, have to just throw this on bloopers. Okay. See ya.